When you see a yield sign while driving, what do you do? Why, you slow down, of course. Then you look both ways and make a wise decision based upon oncoming traffic. Did you know that there's a yield sign in the Bible? It's time for us to slow down and use wisdom as we make choices in our daily lives. This is your host, Carol McLeod. Welcome to Defiant Joy Radio. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Welcome to Defiant Joy Radio. For more information about Carol, Just Joy Ministries, or her other messages, please visit our website at justjoyministries.com. You can also find Carol on Facebook at Carol McLeod Bible Teacher and Author. Carol would love to come speak in your area. Her messages of hope and joy have blessed so many. Contact us today at justjoyministries.com or call toll-free 1-855-569-5433 to arrange an appearance at your next women's group or conference. Now, here's Carol with today's encouraging message. Let me begin today by asking you a question. What do you do when you're driving and you see a yield sign? Well, of course, you slow down, you take into account the other traffic that's coming, you use wisdom in making a decision about whether or not you should go forward. Sometimes you proceed slowly, and other times you stop and let other people go, depending on how fast they're coming and the danger of the choice that you're making. Well, did you know that God has put a yield sign in the Bible? That's right. There's a yield sign. And it's found in Ephesians 5, 21. Let me read it to you. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. That word subject means to yield and yield to one another in the fear of Christ. Now, who do we yield to in the Bible? When we're driving, we yield to the oncoming traffic. We yield to cars and to trucks and to traffic and to pedestrians. But the Bible says that we're supposed to yield to one another. Now, this is what I know from being a longtime driver. Failure to yield can cause a collision. And it's the same in life, my friends. If you don't yield to one another, you might cause a people collision. This verse, Ephesians 5.21 says, and be subject or yield to one another in the fear of Christ. You know, in driving, we're afraid of a collision, but in life, we yield to one another in order to honor Jesus Christ. We don't want to collide with God's plans for our lives. And so when we come in conflict with another individual, what do we do? We stop, we slow down, we take into account what's happening and what's coming our way. Now, God's will for your life, my friend, is that you yield to other people, that you slow down, that you listen, and that you use wisdom before you proceed. Now that you know what yield means, and now that you know that God has called all of us to yield to one another, now I've got an ouch for you in scripture. The ouch actually is going to become an oh my. Wives, yield to your own husbands as to the Lord. You know, there's nothing new in this verse. We already knew it because of Ephesians 5.21. All of us are supposed to yield to one another and wives are supposed to yield to their husbands. This is just a more specific application. 
In marriage, wives yield in order to avoid a collision with the plans of God. We stop, we slow down, we listen, we watch for oncoming traffic, and we count the cost. I love it that one translation says, wives, fit yourselves to your husband's plans. Let's move on and read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. So whenever my husband and I are teaching on marriage, which we do often, this is what we say. The husband is the head of a marriage, but the wife is the heart. And which would you rather live without your head or your heart? Neither one of them. Which is more important, the head or the heart? Both are of equal importance. You know, all organizations in the business world have a structure if they want to work well. The school has a principal. The corporation has a CEO. Congress has a speaker of the house. And boards have presidents. Every organization, in order to work well, in order to work effectively, must have a head. There is to be a strategic structure in the home as well. And the husband is the head and we respect him because that's his God-given role. You know, the Bible tells us who to honor. It says to honor your father and mother. It says to honor God. Romans 12.10 says to give preference to one another in honor. Everybody, this is nothing new here. 1 Peter 2.17 says, honor the king. 1 Peter 3.7 says, husbands, honor your wives. My friends, whether you're the husband or the wife, honor one another in love. Have your home be a home of honor. Let your home be a home of respect and of yielding to one another. Let's keep reading what God's plans are for the family unit. Ephesians 5, 24 through 27. But as the church is subject to Christ, there's our word again, yield. But as the church yields to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So these verses contain a beautiful analogy of marriage and of our relationship with Jesus Christ. The church is to subject itself to Jesus Christ. We yield to his ways and to his plans that are set forth in the word of God. You know, Jesus loves the church. He loves the church so much that he died for the church. And that is the way that the Holy Spirit calls husbands to love their wives. Husbands, love your wives as much as Jesus Christ loves the church. Husbands, you're supposed to love your wives unconditionally, unselfishly, eternally, and enthusiastically, because that is how Jesus Christ loves the church. The analogy continues in Ephesians 5, 28 through 33. So husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife 
loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. So the husbands are called to love, and the wives are called to respect and to yield. My friend, if you're married, ask the Lord for the strength to respect your husband. And men, if you're married, ask the Lord for the strength to love your wife as Jesus Christ has loved the church. Women, if you're married, respect your husband, yield to your husband, be grateful for your husband. Men, if you're married, love your wife, yield to your wife, be grateful for your wife. This part of marriage, this part that we're called to in our homes is part of the process of becoming more like Jesus Christ. You know, my friend, whether you're married or not, whether you're a man or a woman, there will always be things in life that we have to die to in order to exhibit the character of Jesus Christ. There will always be things that we have to give up in order to reflect the character of Jesus Christ, in order to become more like him every day of our human lives. You know, the things that we are called to die to are human and they are fleshly things. They're temporary things. They really don't matter in the light of eternity. You know, as human beings, we think that we know best, but we don't. The Bible knows best. The Father knows best. And we must fit our lives to His eternal and to His wise plan. I want you to know that I'm praying for marriages today. If you're married, I'm praying for you. Men, I'm praying that you will love your wives just as much as Jesus Christ loves the church. I'm praying that you would lay your flesh and your opinions and your attitudes down and honor your wives. And women, I'm praying for you too if you're married. I'm praying that you would yield to your husbands. I'm praying that you would respect your husbands. I'm praying that you'd be grateful for the man that God gave you. The Bible will help you live the best life ever, including in your marriage relationship. The culture doesn't have the best idea when it comes to marriage, but the Word of God does. Marriage was God's idea from the beginning of time, from the Garden of Eden. And so if you want your marriage to reflect the character, the heart, and the nature of Jesus Christ, you must snuggle up under these verses that we read today. We read from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 through 33. I want to challenge you, husbands and wives, to go home 
and read it today. You know what you might want to do? You might want to read it with your spouse. Read it together and discuss it. Repent to one another and ask God how he can make your marriage a picture of Jesus Christ and the church. My friend, your best days are ahead of you as you become more and more and more like Jesus Christ. It is the best way to live indeed. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you will consider supporting Carol as she continues presenting encouraging messages like this one. Please call us at 1-855-569-5433 or simply go online to justjoyministries.com. As a thank you, we want to send you Carol's book, Defiant Joy, for your gift of just $5 or more. If you need prayer, please call us toll free. 1-855-569-5433. That's 1-855-JOY-LIFE. Or contact us online at justjoyministries.com. It's a dream come true for me to share God's Word with you every day. Please help me to continue to make a difference in the lives of people everywhere.